Welcome to the first episode of Catching Up With. Um, This is a new podcast where I will be interviewing people and just chatting and hanging out and catching up with a lot of my friends and colleagues in the music world. Um, This is generally going to be a podcast about musicianship, songwriting and producing and things in that vein. Um, So I'm really looking forward to uh, conversations that this podcast will enable me to have. Um, and just the, the connections that this might lead to. Welcome to the first episode of Catching Up With. Um, and I'm super pumped to be doing this podcast and really excited to be doing the very first episode with a good friend, Greta Niswant. It's me. I'm Greta. <laughs> it you. It me. Yeah. Um, Greta and I have been friends for like... Four, three or four years. Yeah, something <laughs> sounds like that. right. Um, yeah. Um, what? Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Well. Um. Hello. Yeah. My name is Greta Niswant, and like Derek said, we've been friends for a very long time. Um. And I am a singer. And yeah. So that's kind of like my big thing. I'm finishing up an album right now. My first album is like super super fun and also like super challenging um but yeah so that's what i'm kind of on the tail end of a big project so that's pretty cool but yeah that's that's in a nutshell (laughs) yeah um so i uh know a little bit about the album just because i've had the chance to play on it a little bit uh, (laughs) a little bit How many songs was it? Nine. Nine. You played on all. Well, you played on eight of them. Eight of them. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was just you and Franz. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad. (laughs) Pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, a lot of fun songs and very. I don't know. I just the my best comparison is just like they're the songs that you would hear at the end of a movie during the credits. I love that. That makes me really happy because like when I hear that, I think. These are songs that have emotional weight to them. And I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It's like not your typical pop, but it's still like meaningful and still very much uh, like it's still a distinct sound, a distinct genre, yeah. genre of like pop. Um, but yeah, when did you? Okay, what was the first song you wrote on the ocean shelf? Yeah, The Ocean Shelf is the name of the album. And The Ocean Shelf, well, yeah, it's hard because, like, for me, I wrote a lot of songs, like, when I was really young, like, when I was 10, 11, 12, and then stopped writing because I just kind of was like, I'm not really good at this. Like, I'm good at singing, but I'm not good at writing. And so I just kind of stopped. And then coming back into writing was, like, kind of weird because I didn't really have a process of doing it. So like the ocean shelf, like the chorus of the ocean shelf I've had in my head for honestly, probably like five years at this point. And I was just always like, Oh, that's like a cool hook, you know? And then, but never actually sat down to write songs. So like, that's the first one that I like started, I guess. Yeah. But the first song that I like finished was, one on the album called love again and i actually wrote it about a boy you know really yeah (laughs) weird um those boys those boys man can't take them anywhere no but yeah so and that one i kind of sat down and 
forced myself to write in one sitting because I was like, I'm going to finish this song. Dang it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, those, I guess those are the two, the two songs that would be different answers to that question. Yeah. I like the, the concept of just like forced creativity in, in those types of scenarios, because, um, I don't know if you know who Bonnie McKee is, Mm-mm. but she's an amazing writer, uh, and an awesome singer. Um, she, in the past like week or so, um, cause I follow her on Instagram. Uh, she was just talking about how like she just had like her heart broken and she's like, I'm going to write a song, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, because it's like, you can process it. You can process it and like just get really, really sad. Yeah. Or you can process it and turn it into something like use that energy, even if it's like maybe negative energy or could be perceived as negative energy. Totally. Um, And I just think that's really cool to be able to just like because I think at the end of the day, if you just sit yourself down and dedicate the time to do something to like make something, Mm -hmm. you'll you'll leave the room with something. Yeah. If it's not like in your mind, the greatest thing in the world. Um, I don't know. I just feel like if I I don't think I ever have an excuse to not come up with something, it's just a matter of like, how lazy am I? Totally. (laughs) Like how, how willing am I to just like sit in a room until I've got something? Yeah. Well, Um, and it's also, it's like the best way to do it is to do it as opposed to like thinking about doing it, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it's like one thing to have all these ideas and they're yours and you keep them to yourself mm-hmm. or you could share some of those ideas and try to get those concepts across and then have the awesome experience of sharing them. Totally. And, and that's, that's the cool thing about like this album is that like each of the songs feels like it was written from an authentic place. Yeah. And they were honestly, <laughs> I mean, not to brag, no, but yeah, it, it's interesting because with the, it's easy to talk about songwriting now, now that I'm like, the songs are all done, you know, yeah. but <laughs> like when I uh, first started writing, it was like very, very terrifying. And so like, not only was it like getting over the laziness of like, God, just sit down and just finish the song. Like yeah. who cares? Done is better than perfect. Just like if you've just finished the song and then if you scrap it, who cares? But like, even like there's so much resistance to that. And like, even in my last couple days recording vocals in the studio, like honestly, on most of those days I was like, well, it's my lunch break at work and I have to have this verse done by the time I go to the studio today. So I guess I'll write it, you know, That's like, awesome. yeah. So, you know, glean from that what you will. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to know, like, a lot of the writers that we hear about are, like, you know, the different artists that we know of that are, like, writing their own stuff. How, how many of those are, like, written, like, right up to the deadline? Yeah. Because I feel like it's super typical of, because I, I think everybody's a procrastinator. Totally. And it's, it's so typical to just be it's like the the most pretentious artist thing to do in a way of like i need i need the pressure of like the deadline totally and just like the stress of like it's not done mm-hmm. um and sometimes sometimes like i don't know magic happens in the studio or like right before you get there and things like that mm-hmm. um yeah either either way like willing i think the biggest thing is like being willing to go through the process. Yeah. And I don't really think, and I, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing if like, if it takes last minute 
like pressure to raise the stakes to actually get you to write. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think a lot of creatives are like that. Like for me, it's not so much like I just want to keep going until the song is perfect. And then I, and like, I have to eventually let it go. Like it used to be that for me, but it's not anymore for me. It's like, I just want to keep going because I just want to keep approaching this from different angles. Cause I'm curious and cause I'm learning. And like, this is something I've never done before. And for me, that's just really fun now that I'm past the like fear part of it. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is like a fear element of like, I, I, I can speak personally and say that like when you're writing, it's super easy to, to just be thinking like, I, I feel like I go back and forth on the pendulum pendulum of like, this is so awesome. I, I'm really excited to be like finally making something with this mm-hmm. and like these ideas and these concepts. And then the other side of it is just like, you wonder if it's going to go out and just like, nobody's going to think it's cool. Yeah. And nobody's going to be like, what if I'm just too invested or too close to it Yeah, to realize that it's not cool. But I don't know. I feel like the cool thing about it is that there are 7 billion people out there. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Even if it takes time, just doing stuff will kind of ensure like making music, working with people like, just getting yourself out there kind of ensures that you will find somebody who likes what you do. Yeah. Um, and it, and can like connect with your work. Yeah. And that's kind of like the whole, I guess the whole goal of like writing music is that it connects with people, which just sounds like such an elementary thing to say, you know, like, wait, let's record that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but like, honestly it's in the songs I wrote, I mean, I wrote them for me first and foremost, like, because obviously like I have stuff on my mind. And so like I wrote them in the way that is the most genuine for me. And I kind of, am like, I'm even as I listen to them, I'm very aware, like, you know, I know that this, this kind of writing even isn't going to connect with everybody. And it's like, you have to be okay with that. And you have to like, not attach your value as a songwriter specifically to meeting everybody's emotional needs, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. so subjective. You can't. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, I, I think that there's there's something to be said for just like if you know that you can do something, that you can take on a persona, that you can start making content mm-hmm. that people will like and people will consume and it'll like bring you followers and it'll sell more stuff. But it's not what you want to be doing. Yeah. At your core, it's not going to like it's not going to last. Right. Like how, how do you plan on doing that for five years, 10 years, 20 years, uh-huh. if you hate doing it. Right. And it's not like true to who you are. Yeah. And I think it's really important to like get that kind of mindset, like I guess to know what your intentions are right at the beginning, because like if you're going for a quote unquote, like get rich quick, make it big as fast as possible thing, like you have to know that like that is how you burn out and like you have to be ready for that. As opposed to if you're going to approach it with like longevity as like the big thing, like and sustainability and yeah, just like a short life of tragic glamour is something that I always think because that's in a book that I read and I was just like, (laughs) that's so dramatic. And it's like that versus like a long, deeply satisfying, fulfilling career or a short career of tragic glamour. Like, which do you really want? Yeah. And maybe it's the tragic glamour. And I guess I don't want to be like, well, that's wrong, you know, but <laughs> yeah. like for me, I'm like, ah, you know, 
Yeah, I think as long as it's whatever whatever it is, because again, it's subjective and it's different for everyone. As Mm -hmm. long as it's true, like as long as it's true to you and it's truly what makes you happy. Right. Like if 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 like hustling and like playing the like playing the the system, like playing the uh, almost like the like the platforms game. Sure. Of like figuring out how to get all the followers, how to like get all the right placements, how mm-hmm. to like collab with certain people so that way you'll get ahead. Um, and like if that comes from a genuine place of like you just you're an aggressive sort of go getter like that. Yeah. I guess that can be genuine, but. Uh, I think it, it's just like that's not the case for everybody. Right. Some people want to enjoy the process of like if it's music or if it's writing or if it's, you know, like drawing, animating, things mm-hmm. like that. Like I follow a ton of animators on Instagram. Right. And Same. they're <laughs> and like a lot of times they'll just disappear for a while because they're just working on stuff. Yeah. And I mean, life happens and life's real. And so people don't like their lives don't revolve around Instagram. Yeah. Um, as, as big of a platform as that is and as like meaningful that is now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's, it's just, it's so cool to see them because I feel like a lot of the animators I follow and the drawers and the, like the different artists are just so normal and casual about it. And yeah. they're still like, they're racking up followers, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're more concerned with the process of their work than yeah. the process of, being popular yeah no you're totally right and i i never noticed that but like when i think about it in comparing artists that i follow and like musicians that i follow with artists like you're right they'll like kind of drop off the face of the earth and then when they come back it's like they the yeah you know okay i listened i actually listened to a podcast today by uh, one of my um friends was on it and i was just really curious what she had to say she's a photographer but she talked about like she would take um, she takes social media like um, just hiatuses, hiatuses, hiatai, <laughs> Um and like for three months for she like took a total break and everyone like in her like the photography business sphere was like you can't do that like once you're gone you're gone you won't come back and the like world will forget you. literally and like she <laughs> she compared it to like um, when like Kanye was in the hospital. And was and everyone was like, he's not going to bounce back from this, and <laughs> and like he's going to be irrelevant. And obviously, he's you know doing his thing. But yeah. like she kind of mentioned, like except when I, she's like, when I came back, it was like the work that I was putting was so much better than a I was doing before, but also like it was different than what everyone was doing anyways. And the same people came back and were like, whoa, that's awesome, like. And then her like following just keeps growing and she keeps doing that. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess it's there's not only one way to like build a following, because I feel like even if you're you don't want to play the game of like social media, um, I think that it's not like, well, then I guess I just have to be okay with not being successful. Like, that's not that's a very narrow minded way to think about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for, uh, you know, quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry. <laughs> I was like, and oh, <laughs> like, wait a second. Well, I mean, some people, some people actually do treat it like that, where it's like the, like, I mean, I know people who are very authentic and genuine and have used, like, follow-unfollow method and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it comes from a genuine place of, like, I want to provide... 
like as an example, like if you want to live stream on YouTube and right. that's something that you're going to use, uh, to like add value to the people that follow you, mm-hmm. you have to have a thousand subscribers right. for YouTube to even let you do that. So, yeah. so there, there are some moments where it's like a means to an end of like following people or like subscribing to get those subscribes back as a means to like, okay, now I can actually use this platform the way I want. So sure. there, there is some like gray area. Um, yeah, that's and interesting. Like, and like on Instagram, you need you need like ten thousand followers to do like the swipe up mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. And if that's huge for you, then I think that can maybe justify some of that stuff. Um, for me personally, sure. I I haven't found that to be the case. Like I haven't found that many times where I'm like, oh, I I wish I could I freaking wish I could swipe up, you know, right. on my story. That's my one career goal. Yeah, it's like it's an amazing tool. But for me, like personally, I don't see myself using that. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, just recognizing like, again, what is true to your character? um, Because, I mean, it's so easy to get excited about like building a following, being really good at like the marketing side of like you as a as a personal brand. Yeah. And then make it such a routine that you kind of forget like I don't necessarily need to be scheduling like time for creativity or like time for yeah you know and then time for like editing and time for posting and it's like just making those things a part of who you are mm-hmm. is a much more I've found a better way to go about it you know because I think yeah I think it's less of a mental strain if you if you can kind of yeah le- yeah because there because there's some sort of balance to be like it's really difficult for me. I'm still trying to find a better version of that for me where it's, you can hustle, but you're not bound to like a routine Yeah. because I tend to get uninspired if every Wednesday I'm doing this, you know, like every single Wednesday I, you know, I go through, like I update all of my bios Uh and I make sure that like I'm responding to every comment and like, as opposed to just like, riding passenger side in the car and right. I just pull out my phone and start responding to comments. Sure. Yeah. You know, no, it's that's like interesting. if it's just a thing that I'm used to doing yeah. and a thing that I can, you know, if I'm not used to it can get used to, mm-hmm. I feel like it's way more sustainable and way less stressful and also just more enriching. It's like not a chore. Right. To yeah. Just like pull out your phone and like respond to comments on your, on your stuff on Instagram as opposed right. to like, it's Wednesday. Today's the day I got to make sure that I'm, right. you know, a good. Like nobody interrupt <laughs> me because for the next 45 minutes. Yeah. I will, yeah. I'm like, I'm working now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear like your perspective on just like finding the balance between a hustle and like pushing to get content made mm-hmm. versus like staying inspired and not just being bound to a routine. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy that you ask that because like one of the things that has been so much on my mind since I started recording specifically has been the balance of like hustling and like versus it's not even a balance. It's like, do I approach this as a hustle or do I approach this as I'm creating from a place of rest and what suits me better. And I've been thinking about that, like, and that's like kind of a topic I've been journaling about f- literally for like a year and a half. Um, 
And it's also interesting being at the end of um, my album like creation and being like, okay, this is the point where like all of the energy that I was directing into like leading the process of recording this album and like, yeah, constantly giving my opinion there. It's like that energy now is not being used there anymore. So it kind of gets to be redirected. And I'm kind of like, yeah, like right now I'm thinking I can either redirect that into like promotion or I can direct that into like really being present in walking out these last steps of this project, which for me personally, and I know I know 100% this is going to be different for everybody. But for me personally, like when I get to the end of a project, I just hop over the finish line and and like go to the next one. And I because I like a month ago, I kind of reached this point where I was like, okay, well, I feel like I've learned everything I need to know from album number one and I'm ready to move on. And, you know, but like, obviously it's not done. Um, but I think like, that's why I had so much trouble completing projects is cause like eventually I got to a point and I was like, okay, I've learned the lessons, you know, like, and I did this for me. So I guess as far as I'm concerned, it's I'm satisfied, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think for me, my, my inclination and I think what's healthiest for me is to always take a step back away from like the hustling and grinding and like, um, playing the game for lack of a better term. Yeah. I think Just that's a good way to put it. It's, it's unhealthy for me to do that. And I feel like if I know that now, like that I can set myself up for like the right kind of success for me later. Yeah. And which is, and it's interesting to be talking about this now. And I'd be interested to like, interested to like revisit this conversation in five years. Oh yeah. And be like, where are we? And like, cause we're 23. We're, we're little yeah. we're babies. Yeah. We little babbies. It's like, <laughs> It's like, it's hard to tell like how much we've, cause I mean, we've, we've, it's undeniable that we have experiences and we've learned things totally. about like the game, about the process, about being musicians, yeah. like career creative people, yeah. but our window is so small in comparison. Yeah. And I it's kind of like, we're still totally in the approach. Like we're yeah. not, I, I maybe, maybe it's a little different for you since you're like a guitarist and are playing places but like for me I feel like I'm still like running and I haven't even jumped yet I'm still just picking up like speed which is interesting because like I talk to some of my friends and they're like what are you talking about like you've finished an album like that's crazy and I'm like yeah but like that's not the point for me and I guess I don't really know what the point is I have no idea if that answered your question at all (laughs) no I I think it I think so it's yeah it's interesting like I think that's very healthy to be self-aware in the sense of like for you, it's not like you put out the album and then it's like, cool, I did it. I can sort of like wipe my hands of this and I'm satisfied. I think having, um, having a feeling of like, okay, what now Mm -hmm. is kind of healthy. And I feel like that's pretty normal too of like, if, if you didn't, ask yourself like now what Mm -hmm. after you accomplish something that's a big like a big deal for you um I don't think you would be a creative person yeah it's always it's always like what's the next thing um and inevitably like every artist every creative person looks back at something they've done a year ago or two years ago or five years ago and like hates it and is like that's not mine (laughs) right (laughs) I didn't do that (laughs) but 
it's it's all part of the process of of growing. And I think having those things as a milestone, it just shows your trajectory. Yeah. And like if you put something out and you're proud of it and you can put your name on it in this moment in time and be okay with it. Totally. Uh there's no reason to be ashamed of that five years later when you're way better. Yeah. At it. <laughs> no, I agree. I think like even listening to like yeah, I feel like all these songs have a totally different level of like writing in them. And some of them I'm like, this is garbage. Like this is actual <laughs> a garbage song. But like, I guess I feel like I owe it to each of the songs to like take them all the way to completion. And I have so far not regretted that. But I think like I feel very comfortable now looking back. And even when I look back at the songs and from just like a songwriting perspective and I'm like, I know that Greta a year ago, like did the best that she knew how. And like, that's enough for me now to like give myself grace and to be like, okay, cool. Like that's fine. And she past Greta set the example. And now current (laughs) Greta can do the best she knows how. And future Greta will be like, you know, this is cute. You know, at least I hope that's the goal. I'll always to be like, Oh man, I really thought that like I did a really good job. <laughs> um, but I hope it's always with like fondness and yeah. patience as opposed to like, I'm so embarrassed and I wish I never would have done it. Right. You know? yeah, I think that's, that's something people are afraid of too. It's a game. Yeah. I think it's a game of like action. Like yeah, the journey of progress is all about like being willing to do it mm-hmm. versus being unwilling. It's yeah. like if you're unwilling to do it, you're going to stay as good, as skilled, as like whatever, as like experienced as you are now. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be more than that, yeah, then you have to just come to the fact of like people like you will judge yourself. Others will judge you. That's all fine. Yeah. It's just part of the process. And it's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, like I, I was just reminded of like. So the other day I was in the studio with Steven, who's producing your record, Mm -hmm. who's like mixing. Um, And he was even talking about how like the album was kind of recorded in two chunks. And he's now like sort of revisiting those first uh, set of songs Mm -hmm. because now at the end of the album, he kind of the process of recording the album has really informed what the sound of the entire thing is. Sure. Yeah. And so he's going back to sort of like touch up those earlier songs um to make it all more cohesive because um that actually really reminds me of uh i can't remember i want to say it was don han when he was working for disney as like a an animator Mm -hmm. or director i could be completely wrong about this but like (laughs) sorry don (laughs) yeah i'm sorry um but i remember seeing this quote from a, a disney animator that was saying like there comes a moment when you just understand who the character is like you really understand them as a like they they have like a life when you draw them yeah and at that point you typically go back and you reanimate yeah certain portions of the movie before like a month into animating because the character wasn't fully realized it was probably like 90 percent there but there's there's like a little bit of extra uh uniqueness and like distinction that comes. Yeah. And once you get there, 
it informs the rest of the process. That's so interesting because like I hear that and like something in me is like, you know, (laughs) and I think it's because I'm I'm so forward looking that I'm like, we don't have time to go back. Like, why would we do that? Who cares? And I think it's again because it's like, well, I learned what I needed to learn. Like, why does it matter? Yeah. Um, And I feel like maybe that's something that I could be a little more open minded about. Um, But I think also part of me is like, I don't want to pay to get those mastered again. (laughs) You know, like I already did this. Right. Um, But we were a little overzealous when we finished that first half and we were going to take a break. Um, So I was kind of like, let's just get these out. And obviously that didn't happen. But like. No, that's, yeah, that's funny. I, that's a really good quote. I'd be thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anybody who's listening actually knows what that was. Right. <laughs> Someone be like, what the heck is this dude saying? Yeah. Like, that's funny. Yeah. I'm just going to confess and I'm like actually really not sure of who said that now. Yeah. Um, but it's a meaningful quote. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think it's, it's good. I think it's hard though because like. I guess for me, I worried about like getting trapped because I do have a tendency to be like, once I go back and reopen it, like there's no telling what else I'm going to want to fix with the knowledge and the wisdom that like and lessons that I've learned up to now. So that's yeah. kind of scary for me. Yeah, because yeah. there's always kind of the danger of like starting from ground zero again mm-hmm. and just being like, I hate this, yeah. you know, and, and being so critical to where you're like, I, I, you, you kind of open Pandora's box and you're like, okay, well I'm going to revisit this and just brush up on it. And you're like, you hear all these glaring issues now and you're just like, I can't stand this. We have to redo everything. And that can sort of be destructive to progress. It's yeah. And it's interesting too, because like when I think about the ocean shelf specifically, like the song, I remember when we were approaching it and I was like, I literally like don't know how to explain how I want this to sound. And I remember we got to the end of it. Um, and I, we listened to it and I literally like looked at Steven and was like, this is exactly what I envisioned, but I have no idea how we got here, <laughs> you know? And, and, but it was such a sweet feeling to be yeah. like this song, like in my head, like somehow got out and I, and it honestly, like, It was like my opinions and direction, sure, but it was really just like it was the band and Steven's mixing and like just what everyone else brought to it. And it just was like it felt really precious. And so part of me wants to memorialize memorialize that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing feeling like there's just something about. I think artists It's kind of addictive. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm like, ooh, again, please. (laughs) The interesting thing about that I've always thought was you unique to music. Um, I, I guess it's not like 100% unique to music because you could say the same thing about like acting and, and, and things in like the, like the theater world and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I like about music is that there's this, there's kind of like this desire that sort of looms over you to like immortalize yeah. what you've created. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just think about like, um, you know, it, what if I existed like in a time where recording music wasn't an option right? and you had to write it or you yeah. had to just like pass it down? Um, people really like, I mean, and obviously there's music that's been passed down and we have a pretty good idea of like, you know what it is mm-hmm. because it's notated, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm just thinking of like traditional songs or just like 
things that have, that are passed down through like families and cultures where it's like how like what aspects of the song are true to the original mm-hmm. um and not that that's a bad thing that's a really cool part of the process it's like too. a game of telephone yeah yeah um the the really cool thing though like the really interesting thing about being a musician today is that anybody who has a laptop and a microphone yeah. can immortalize something that totally. they've created. It's yeah. Accessibility. It's and cool. there's just, there's just something satisfying about like, because as a musician, you can do live performances, mm-hmm. you can play for people, you can show other people your work. Yeah. But there's just something very special to the feeling of like having something almost in print, you know, yeah. like having something as an audiophile feels like almost like, like a piece of work that yeah. you finished writing and it's like on a shelf now mm-hmm. if people want it. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, just the feeling of like getting something out of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, like authors can talk, like they'll, they'll, they'll speak about their books or they'll give insights on their books and yeah. things like that. But once they finish that book, it's being sold at Barnes exactly. and Noble. Yep. And it's like, that is, it's spiral it's, it's bound done. like it's done. Yeah, you can't go in with a red pen. Yeah. And be like, Ugh, here's some margin notes just so right. you don't misunderstand. You yeah. can't keep changing yeah. uh, something. Once you put it out there, it's now everyone else's mm-hmm. who's going to listen to totally. it. Totally. So I, I just think that's really, really cool about that. Yeah, something that, aspect. something that I was thinking about while you were talking about that, which this might not be, this might be a little bit of a non sequitur, but like, I feel like what's what makes music unique. I heard a quote, um, I believe, well, I read it in, um, Liz Gilbert's book, big magic and it, but she was quoting someone else and I don't know who she was quoting, but the quote was like, music is making is like making jewelry for the inside of someone's brain. And like the first time I heard that, I was like, what the, like, I don't, what (laughs) kind of drugs, you know, but like, yeah. (laughs) Um, but like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true because like music is the only thing that like people take and it makes them the main character, you know? So like, because you hear people talk about like this is the soundtrack of my life or like this is the soundtrack of this season but like it's not the same as like oh like this is the art piece of my life or my season or like the movie of my season you know like there's not really an equivalent i i feel like and i would be happy to be proven wrong by another like an artist of another kind of medium but like yeah there's not an equivalent yeah which i think is so cool yeah, not necessarily that it's like better than other mediums, but right. it's 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 completely different. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's a like unique kind of value. There's definitely I think like movies that will impact people and that will get certain lessons across and yeah. things like that. And like anything can change but, a life. Yeah. But yeah. But the thing about music that's really great is that it's so transferable mm-hmm. to situations. It can be used in a soundtrack with film. It can be used you know, during an event, it can be used. Like you can just be on the bus on your commute and like looking out the window, being in a music video, (laughs) pretending that you're in that music video. It's like (laughs) you can, you can truly like put yourself in those shoes, um, in a, in a unique way. So yeah, I agree. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I concur. Can I have my coffee? Yeah. We've got Starbucks and I've, well, I, I, 
<laughs> ate mine. I, I ate, ate my spoon. Well, okay. I got a frappuccino and I ate it with a spoon. Because? Because I got my wisdom teeth out last weekend and I am scared to use a straw. Yeah. And it's gone now, but it's fine. Mine isn't, so I've yeah. been, it's like mostly, st- I've still got most I say of it, it's so. like, I like grabbed it and I was like, this is the most lukewarm coffee. Like this it's, cannot be satisfying. Oh, it's, it's still good. Oh, okay. It's a nitro. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I like, I like Starbucks nitro. It's yeah. really, it's really good. Yeah. It suits you. Yeah. It's also like not an iced drink. So I'm kind of used to it. Like not being super cold. It's not an iced drink. No. It's Do they just put a, ice in it? No, it's just. Do I know anything about Starbucks? <laughs> no, it's it's like it's just it's just cold. So they keep it in like a they keep it on tap basically. Yeah. So cold brew and nitro. Like if you're at a Starbucks where there's nitro, they'll have uh, a tap for the cold brew and and then they'll have a tap for the nitro. Dang, you know a lot. Uh, well, I've just ordered it a bunch. <laughs> That's that's fair. And because my wife works at Starbucks, I happen oh, to know. Oh, right, right. I forgot. <laughs> I, I happen to know that like they keep it in tanks underneath. Tanks. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like big containers that like when it's empty, they'll swap it out for another tank of, of nitro because it has to stay in a specific container. So that way it doesn't like the nitrogen doesn't release. I, I just guess. think that name is so punk rock. Like every time I'm like, I'll have a nitro cold brew. I'm like, you're cooler than me. Like I can't. <laughs> I should go. Like, do you want my leather jacket? Do you want my keys to my car? It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's what defines me as a person. <laughs> I'd say it's a big part of my personality, one of my, actually. One of my stronger qualities <laughs> is, the, is the coffee I drink. I'm dead. Mm. That's funny. Meanwhile, every third wave extremist is yeah. like, fucking Starbucks. Yeah. Can't Only believe this. Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. Yeah. How long have we been talking? Almost 40 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yay. Fire. <laughs> that's, that's that good shit, it's yo. That's that good shit. Mm. <laughs> I'm dead. I want to keep going. This is so fun. This is really fun. Um, I'm just I want to like, get like perma a smile over here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get like a, a more, a more permanent setup for something like this so that way the process of setting it up like nobody i mean like there's obviously not video for this but the 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 setup is so janky yeah forget like i've literally got the microphone leaned up against the couch because i only had one boom stand yeah so i'll have to like i'll have to make some purchases and and like get a setup that's a little more solid you know we're making it work it's fine it's fine yeah. done is better than perfect that's right the way to do it is to do it, you know? If if I if you're listening and this is like you're going back to the first podcast after I've put out like fifty. I'm dead. <laughs> Here's a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, please uh please like, comment, and subscribe. So that way I know <laughs> comment that so that way I know that that you went back and listened to it That's and you're funny. a new follower. Um trying to think of what to You're gonna have fun editing this. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I do enjoy editing, though. Um, Me too. That's something that we could talk about in an episode is learning logic, learning No, DAWs. actually, I'm never going to get back on after this. So Really? This is a favor. I'm kidding. Oh, on the podcast. I thought you meant, like, get back on the like the wagon of learning 
the DAW of logic. Oh, <laughs> no. And I was like, I was like, do you, was what, like, you believe me after I said that? I was like, that's a little inhibiting like, to your songwriting wow, process. Okay. Don't need judgment. But no, I'm what? just, I'm just kidding. It's, it's just, just advice. I'm not even mad. It's, I'm not mad. I'm not I've even. I've never been angry. I'm not even unfollowing you on all of social the media right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even blocking you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, Maybe to wrap this up, <laughs> uh, we've been talking for a while. Yeah, it's uh, been a minute, several. <laughs> it's minutes. been several. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a lot to edit. So to wrap this up, uh, I just want to ask you a couple questions. Let's go. Uh, what have you been listening to this past week uh, that is like super, like your jam or like the soundtrack of your life? It's so. I feel so. I don't know. I feel some type of way saying this, but like. I have had the new Jonas Brothers album on repeat. Like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm just like, they were kind of a band that when they were huge, I was very averse to boy bands, you know? And I was mostly because I was just like, I'm just so tired of like people obsessing over music, like musicians and boys and singers. I'm just like, it's so annoying. But then I remember like being like 15 or something or 16 and like Sten, my brother and I were listening to them to, do we just put on the Jonas Brothers for fun, just on a long drive. And at some point we were looking at each other like, this is good music. (laughs) Um, And so I was super excited about their new album. And so I've been listening to it and I'm like, this is pop perfection. Yeah. Like this is, they did that and their documentary is fantastic. And I just, yeah. So I'm listening to the Jonas Brothers. So, so is my wife. She was like, she's playing it. She's like, have you listened to this? And I was like, I haven't had a chance to. She's like, well, you have to. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. Because, well, it's I think, really good. I think Ryan Tedder co wrote slash co produced the record. Yeah. Okay. Maybe? Sure. <laughs> I, I'm not 100% sure of that, but yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff where like the Jonas Brothers and, Ryan Tedder are like hanging out and I'm like, oh, well, they're clearly working together. If you had one Netflix, Hulu, HBO show to recommend for 2019, what would it be? I was watching something recently, but what the heck was it? <laughs> this is so bad. Oh my gosh. I'm predicting that it's an anime. Well, uh, listen, that we could Soul go. Eater. We could go there. No. Um. Well, okay. One of the things that I have been watching lately is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I don't know if you've watched. It's Mm-mm. on Prime. It's about a woman comedian in the fifties. Okay. And it's super like lightning fast humor, and it's just like it's so quick. Yeah. And it's like the first time in a long time that I've watched a show that like, I felt like engaged my brain so much in comedy. So I've been watching that and really enjoying it. Um, and it just like aesthetically, it's really beautiful. Is that like based on a real thing? Um, I feel like yes, but I don't, uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. It's really, it's like, it's, it's so funny and so quick. (laughs) What's your favorite verse of the Bible? Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm, that's a good question. I after, after all this talk about being spontaneous and not planning I your know. life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have like, I have goals just like everybody else. Like I right now, I'm like 
working full time at a corporate job, which I actually like is a really good fit for me in this season, which kind of shocked me and shocked everyone in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's great. However, like I don't I don't want to stay there. So like I think my immediate goal is to um, be working full time, like making all my income with music in some form of another, although I have not really sat down to define that because I feel once I start defining something, I like don't stop. And then suddenly I'm like, and then I'm 85 and the Lord returns. <laughs> like somewhere. I, I, I retire and move to Palm Springs and my life is over. And well, I'm depressed now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, there's no, there's no stop button. So I can't even like press play. Um, but there's, I, there's, there's, there's something to be said for preserving like that perspective of like, my life is still ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like just to be like, rough and wild, wild and crazy. I just think like when I think where I want to be in five years, it's like I want to be world tours. Like that's where I want to be, honestly. And I, and I don't say that naively or like, um, like that's my only definition of success. But like, if you're saying, where do you see yourself? Like that is where I see myself. Yeah. Um, that is my like end goal. Yeah. And again, the the initial journey to that might lead to something else. Totally, that's equally satisfying. That's equally or more satisfying and for I'm you. And I'm willing to like accept that. That's something I like when and I not setting out to do that wouldn't lead to that. Exactly. Know? Yeah, I kind of think like when I was first thinking about pursuing music at all, which is so funny to me that like there was a season, a long season where I was like, I'm not pursuing music, like. <laughs> You know, I was wrong. Um, but I remember like one of the things that I would like pray a lot was like. God, I'm so scared because like, what if I go, what if like, I feel like this is where you're calling me this huge scale of musicianship and like huge scale of performance and like, and I don't, and that's not what you want. And like, you take that away and bring me somewhere else. Like I couldn't handle that. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, yes, I could, you know, like, why wouldn't I trust that? Like, if, like you said, in the route where I think I'm going here, like God directs me somewhere more interesting more fulfilling more satisfying like and more joy is there like i'm totally at least right now it's very easy for me to be like yeah i i trust that and that i'm comfortable with that yeah totally well thanks greta for being my first guest on the podcast it's been a pleasure this is a good start to the podcast i think so too um I think so too. <laughs> I think I brought a lot. There, there, there is a chance that when this comes out, that Greta's album is out. Oh yeah, um, that would be God, wonderful. I hope so. <laughs> and if it is, you can follow Greta at Greta Niswant, which is my name. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't, I didn't want to mess it up because I was like, some people do like. Like Andrew does, like Andrew T. Uh-huh. Walls, you no, know? Yeah, yeah. You, you can find me. At Greta Niswant on all channels. That's Greta, G-R-E-T-A-N-I-S-S-W-A-N-D-T. Don't forget the D. You know, it's silent. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If, if you're listening to this and watching it on YouTube, I'll have her stuff linked below. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know exactly if I can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, yeah, I don't but know. I'll, I'll do my best. Um, so... Yeah. Yay. Thanks for listening. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Yay. Yay.